Our protection is the Lord that is with us and he keeps us safe. If you stay under the shadow of the Almighty, glory be to God, under the shadow of the Almighty, now his wings cover us, the Bible says. So remember something, when the arrows of the enemy are shot, they don't have the power to penetrate the feathers of God's protection. Come on, somebody agree with me this morning, amen? So don't live in fear, but that doesn't mean you'd live a careless life, right? We believe God is our strength, but we don't stop eating, do we? So you know how to live. So live in a, in a, uh, you know, a, a, the right practical kind of life, but not living under the fear like the rest of the world does, because we are different. We are a peculiar people, the Bible calls us. Come on. Do I have some peculiar people here? Yes. A royal priesthood? Yes, Amen. We are, a we are royalty. That means we have authority. We have authority over things that try to come attack us and cause pain to us and have different strategies of hurting us. No plan of the enemy. No weapon fashioned against you shall... Come on. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper amen so everything the enemy may lose release its arrow but the arrow does not have the power to hurt you before it reaches you the feathers of God will come against it that's why we need to learn to raise up the shield of faith so don't water down your faith but this is the time you need to build your faith and become stronger in the Lord and in your faith so that you are you know the enemy is not a threat to us. We are a threat to the enemy. That's the kind of life we need to live. Amen? All right. Um, also, I think Pastor already released the word kidneys. I had the same word. So if you've not yet responded or if you're watching us by live stream, welcome to all those who are watching us by live stream. But if you're in Hyderabad and you're not here in church this morning, good morning, lazy people. <laughs> I'm joking. Come on, I know you might have other reasons why you could not make it, but please try to make it because it's, as, I, as Stephen said, it's pretty safe over here. It's sanitized. It's good. Don't live in the, under fear. It's always good to come together to worship God in the midst of His congregation. All right, there's a different atmosphere here. Electrifying. The presence of God makes all, all the difference. So I know it's comfortable at home, lying down in your bed or what, you know, sitting on your couch and having sipping a coffee or something but you know there's nothing like coming together so I want to encourage every one of you to come together and let's have a wonderful time worshiping and praising the name of the Lord amen alright so if you are one of those that has a kidney issue that has not responded as yet receive it right now I believe the power of God is coming upon you and healing you right at this moment say amen hallelujah alright <clears throat> let's pray our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your wonderful presence with us. And I pray, Lord, that you may speak to our hearts, that you may impart something to us, Lord, that will transform our lives, renew our thinking, and cause us to live the victorious life and experience the increase you promised to us. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart to perceive everything that the Holy Spirit God has for each one of us. We thank you, Father, and we give you glory in anticipation. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Okay. 2021. You're a bit slow. <laughs> you, I caught you off guard, right? <laughs> 2021. My ear of increase. My ear of increase. 
Glory be to God. This is your ear of increase. And uh, what I'm trying to do here is I'm going to show you from Scripture that God wants and it's God's heart for all His people to increase. But also at the same time, I want to point out that there are things that you and I are supposed to be doing and that it is this increase manifests as we begin to partner with God. Okay, So that there are things that we need to do to cause this to manifest in our life. It's not, it's the, as I said before, the Word of God, a prophetic word, is an invitation to participate with God for the performance of that word. So you can't sit back, relax, and just say, okay, I'm going to wait and see how increase is going to show up in my life. I need to be involved with God and there has to be some things that I need to do so that this increase that is promised to me shall manifest in my life. So let's refresh our memories a little bit. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. It says, I have planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. Who gave the increase? Mark that. Underline that part. God gave the increase. God gave increase to what? to something that was planted and watered. Can you see the partnership here? Man plants, man waters, but the increase comes from God. So you work, you have to work on yourself, you have to work wherever God puts you in, and you have to get uh, busy with your hands, and it is God who causes the increase to manifest. So increase is not your part, it's His part. Working is your part. Say Amen. All right. Genesis chapter 20, oh sorry, verse 7 says, So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Praise be to God. God giveth the increase. Somebody say that with me. Say it again. God giveth the increase. God is the one that gives us increase. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So be encouraged. Because as God has promised us that this is the year of my increase, increase is bound to show up in your lives. Say Amen. God is the one that gives me increase. Genesis 26 verse 12, Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted, and the Lord favored him with blessings. Mark that part. The Lord favored him with blessings. The reason he received a hundredfold harvest was because of the favor and blessing. Those two words, okay? Because of favor and blessing of God. So what do I need to do? I need to position myself to receive the favor of God and work in the blessing of God so that supernaturally increase will manifest and show up in my life. Can I hear an amen? You see? So, I need to make sure, listen to this. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His... What does the word righteousness mean? Right standing. So, I, whatever enterprise you're involved in, whether you're working for somebody, you have your own business, or you're doing something where you're helping others, whatever you're doing, and whatever you're involved in, make sure you're in right standing with God. That's the key. You have to be in right standing with God. That means you have to maintain a heart without guilt in His presence. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. You have to make sure you're living a life that is pleasing to Him. It, you, 
God is not promising us blessing and increase through deceptive channels or or encouraging us to do things that are not right in his sight to increase in our own strength and increase ourselves no God causes the increase to come God never blesses anything that is sinful or demonic or anything that's against his will and his purpose or his word amen so I need to understand he says all these things shall be added unto me that means increase will show up in my life when I live in righteousness I know that when I'm born again I'm declared to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus come on amen I'm declared to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus now I am qualified to be righteous but once I come to that position I have to maintain my position how do I come to that position because the blood cleanses me the blood of the Lord has cleansed me and he has declared me to be right that means I am in right standing with God say amen, amen. am I getting through to you so now God says there is nothing between you and I all the guilt and the shame has been wiped out all the sins have been cleared clean slate is clean now there is nothing against you now as I begin to walk with the Lord I need to do I need to do something here I need to maintain that right standing with God which means I cannot do anything or I'm not supposed to be involved in anything that's against my conscience because if I come into his presence with guilt in my heart I know God will not answer my prayers I cannot live in guilt and shame and believe that God will cause increase to show up in my life so if we are involved in anything that is ungodly deceptive cheating bribery hello see I'm not getting too much response because sometimes it pricks it's okay I want to prick I want the word to prick your heart so it will cause us to change come on see when the doctor is doing uh, uh, performing a surgery he has to cut he has to uh, he has to do things that can be hurtful and painful but is always <laughs> it's done for the good of the patient it's not because the doctor hates the patient so I want to let you know if I'm saying this I love you I want to see increase manifest in your life so when we come here it's not only to motivate and encourage you but also to cause you to repent and turn come on now amen see this is the place where we're not just encouraged to continue the way you are but if you know as the word exposes things in your heart and my heart that I know it's not right with God that I come before the Lord and say Lord I repent I turn away from this that's why we come together to listen to the word of God see the church is not a place where a motivational speaker will come and motivate you no matter what your character is like no God is more interested in your character first he wants holy people. You're a holy nation, a peculiar people. Come on, a royal priesthood. Say, say amen. So God is interested in turning things around in our life. So the very first Sunday, God is saying, come on, I want you to turn around, hallelujah, and come into right standing with me. So if we are involved in anything that is unacceptable to God and not according to the word of the Lord, it is time for us to say, Lord, I'm sorry. 
and not just to say sorry, but to turn away. We're going to look at that a little bit later, but I just want to introduce that as well, you know. So we need to understand that we need to be in right standing with God. Look, Joseph, this is not, I didn't put down all this, but I believe God is telling me this, yeah, putting it in my heart. Joseph had the dream and God showed him what his destiny would be. Now, he could have got into a place of some kind of influence if he had given in to Potiphar's wife. Am I right? Yes. He could have had some influence, but he stayed strong in the Lord, did not, he said, how can I sin against my God? So he said, I am not going to use the short method or the shortcut to get to the place of leadership. Because whatever you compromise going up the mountain will control you when you get to the mountain top. I might write that down. Whatever you compromise going up to the top of the mountain will control you when you get to the top of the mountain. That means if I compromise and do things that are not right in God's sight to get to the position of increase or the position of promotion or the position of command, when I get there, whatever I compromise will now control me and make me to compromise over and over again. So I'm not in control. Somebody else controls me. Something else controls me. So Joseph said no, and then he was thrown into the prison. But we see that Joseph's character, we don't understand it as yet, but towards the end of the story, we know that when the brothers showed up, he loved them. He did not seek revenge. So he was not a vengeful person. He was not a person bitter on the inside, to wait, waiting for the opportunity to take revenge on his brothers. So, see, he was maintaining the right stance before God. So church, if somebody has hurt you in your way, in your, in your life so far, and you know that they are the ones that have actually hindered your growth and progress, if they are the ones that have actually caused pain to you, and they are the ones that, you, that have uh, done things or said things that have stopped or slowed down your progress, this is the day to forgive them. No man can control your destiny. If you, if you continue to hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness, you have already permitted them to control your life. Come on now. Amen? They, nobody can control your destiny. Only God. But you have to cooperate with God so that the destiny is fulfilled by maintaining the right stance before God. Say Amen. So, I need to walk in obedience. I need to live a, right, a life that where my, my conscience is not uh, pricked, you know, that I have a clean conscience before the Lord, and I maintain my right standing. And God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be right. That means what? Increase will show up. Say amen. All right. So when Isaac was in this land, the, in the same year, the Lord blessed him and favored him. And the man became very great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. He became very wealthy. Come on, everybody say very wealthy and distinguished. How did he get to that place? God brought him to that place. Let God promote you. Let God increase you. Let God make you grow more and more. Don't try to do it in your own strength by deceptive channels, by illegal, illicit manners. But do it 
do things that are not in, uh, in opposition to what the word says. Live with a clean heart. Okay. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord. Everybody say the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. What makes you rich? What was upon, jo upon uh, Isaac? Favor and blessing. So what am, I, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to cause you to focus on working towards receiving the favor and blessing of God. To remain under that covering of God's favor and blessing. Because it's the blessing that will make you rich. And it addeth no sorrow with it. Psalm 115 verse 14 says, The Lord shall increase you. How much? More and more. Everybody say more and more. Who shall increase you? The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Now as I said, this does not mean that you just sit back, relax and do nothing and just expect things to happen automatically. No, there is a word that this word is for you to grab a hold of and do everything you can to position yourself to experience the blessing of God. So how did Isaac position himself? By obeying the voice of God. Say Amen. See, it seemed meaningless, senseless, foolish for him to stay back in the land of famine. But when he obeyed the voice of God is when he positioned himself and God caused him to increase more and more. Say amen. All right. I want to show you a next step. I want to show you that God is a God of increase. It's always on his mind. Okay. Genesis chapter 1. Let's go back to the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. All right. <coughs> So God created man in his own image. The image of God created him. Male and female created in him. And God blessed them. Somebody say God blessed them. Alright. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, when God blessed them, it says bless them. We all know blessed means empower to prosper. Empower to succeed. Empower to increase. Write those three words. Prosper, succeed, and increase. The empowerment is being granted. That ability is being bestowed upon these people. Say Amen. Through the blessing of God, uh, through the blessing, God entitled man to increase in every area of his life. There was an entitlement given. Okay? That entitlement what means what? A right. Okay? Entitlement means right. Through the blessing, God gave the right or the entitlement to man to increase in every area of his life. God had increase on his mind from the very beginning. God had increase on his mind from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will what? Bless thee. Somebody shout bless. bless. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be what? A blessing. Now, get this. What God comes to Abram and says, I will make, you of your, make of thee a great nation, and I will bless you. That means I will empower you. And I will entitle you and I will give you the right to prosper, to succeed and to increase. Hallelujah. Say that with me. Prosper, succeed, increase. Prosper, succeed, increase. 
that's God's that's on God's mind for you and I okay that's what he said to Abraham you have to do I will do this for you but remember or get, notice something over here God was making a solemn pledge to Abraham and his seed okay not just to Abraham but also to his seed now look at this Abraham was promised this blessing but Abraham had to do something Abraham could not remain in the year of Chaldees and still expect the blessing to manifest remember it's only as you submit to God and walk in his paths that you begin to position yourself to become the recipient of this increase if you are stubborn and say well whether it is here or somewhere else if God God can bless me God can bless you but God won't bless you why because he expects us to walk in obedience now what did God want God wanted him to dislocate from his place get out of his comfort zone okay disconnect with the world system are you with me for 75 years he was influenced in a manner of thinking in a certain way that's a long time right and it's very hard to change when you're at that age but now if God had to make him the father of faith he had to move him from that place so that he is disconnected from the wrong association listen to me carefully if you are interested in your increase in life you need to do one of the first things you need to do is write down a list of all the names of people whether they're relatives or friends that you need to disconnect from who are pulling you back and not letting you go forward who don't love God who don't encourage you to go to church who don't encourage you in your walk with God who don't encourage you to pray who don't encourage you to live right who are not interested in prosperity who are not interested in growth who are not interested in increase who are not interested in doing something for the kingdom of God who are not interested in giving of themselves to serve God disconnect from such people disconnect from people who are trying to always teach you and try to show you from scripture how you can avoid tithing how you can stop giving how you cannot you know you can still be blessed no stop it you're not God God is God and He's put down, He's given us His word by which we're supposed to live. Abraham had to be disconnected from his entire household. What did he say? Leave thy country and thy kindred, the folk. Why is that important? See, our thinking is shaped by the people we associate with. Remember, I told you what? I said this. Poor people think of riches. Money, I'm sorry. Poor people think of money. Rich people think of things. Wealthy people think of ideas. It's ideas that rule the world, not money. Money is only a servant. Now you need to find a group of people. Why do we have live groups? 
so we can connect you to people who are like-minded in their faith in God. Come on, say Amen. You can have very close relatives who love you, but they're not good association. Who do you spend most of your time with? People who are critiquing everything, talking negative about everything in the world, about everything that we're involved in. They're always talking bad about their boss. They're always talking bad about their company. They're always talking bad about their country. They're always talking negative stuff. Who do you associate with? Association is so powerful, my friends. So God had to lift him out of that place and disconnect him from all wrong associations. Now he wanted to have a fellowship with this person called Abraham and begin to pour into him. Glory be to God. So I'm saying something very important now. I'm saying if you are serious about this increase to manifest in your life, you cannot continue to live life like you did in 2020. You have to make some drastic changes in your life. It was so drastic at 75 years of age, he said, get out of your country. Disconnect from everybody. Now that was serious business in those days. You don't remember? In those days they had no cell phones. If they left the country, there was no way of communicating quickly. I don't know if they had any mail. I think people had to ride on horseback or camels and go to the place to inform. And by the time they came back, it was old news already. Right? And you can imagine how difficult that would have been. But Abraham obeyed God. Now, I, I can imagine if, if God had come to a guy who was in his early 20s, that would have been a different story. But a guy who's about 75 is all settled in life. He's already had everything in life, whatever he had to enjoy, whatever he had to have. And then he's now looking forward to passing on out of this world. But at that time, God appears to Abraham and says, listen, I've got business for you. I want you to get out of this place. Disconnect from all your relatives. Disconnect from all these people. Remember something. Get this. Abraham's relatives who were in the Eurocaldees were not great people. How do I know? Check out Laban. He was a cheater. Right? He was a deceiver. So that's the kind of group of people that Abraham came from. So God had to begin to work with him. He said, get out of from, that, from that place. I know they were relatives, but you've got to get out. So when Abraham, he said, when you do this, I will bless you. Now what was he saying? He was saying, position yourself to receive the increase. Position yourself to receive my blessing. Say amen. amen. Alright? So that God gave a pledge to him. Now Genesis chapter 13 verse 2 says, And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Notice, because the blessing was in his life, increase was showing up, although he had to go through a time of famine. By the time he came out of Egypt, the Bible says he was very rich in gold, in silver, and in cattle. Praise be to God. And more importantly, he was really rich spiritually. How do I know? Because he was in communion with God. And God was causing the riches and the blessings to manifest in his life. Genesis chapter 17 verse 6 says, And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. Who? 
I. Who is the I? Talk to me. Who is the I? God says, I will make thee exceeding fruitful and will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. The word fruitful there not only applies to offspring, but also becoming plenteous and abounding in everything. Fruitful means to have many offsprings. I know now we don't want to have too many. Uh, <laughs> but also becoming plenteous and abounding in everything. So, verse 7 says, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generation for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. <clears throat> this is a very important verse because it says, not only is this covenant between you and I, but, a, but also with your seed. This is where you and I come into the picture. So the promise of increase, the pledge of increase, the pledge of blessing applies to us. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. <clears throat> if you be Christ, then are you what? Abraham's seed. Glory be to God. This is time to shout, man. Come on, time to shout, I said. Because if you are Abraham's seed, the promise of blessing is mine and yours. We have an entitlement. That means we have a right to this blessing. We don't have to beg for the blessing because it is our right to inherit the blessing. But there is a clause here. The clause is, I have to position myself. To receive that blessing. Say Amen. Alright. So for you and I to experience this promised blessing, in, uh, blessing increase, something has to change. Something has to happen. Now remember what I said the other day, on the 1st of January. I said, nothing will change unless I change first. Nothing began to happen until Abraham changed his address. Come on. Amen. Nothing will change. Listen, just because the date has changed, your life is not going to change. I have news for you. People get silly and shout and yell because the 1st of January has come. It's nothing but foolishness. Nothing will change just because the date has changed. But everything will change when you change. Come on. God will change your circumstances, but first He will change you. <clears throat> if you are serious about change, I'm sorry, if you're serious about increase, you have to change first. You can't, you can't do life as before. You can't continue to live like you did so far. Turn to the Lord with a deeper conviction. Work on yourself. Invest time money and effort in improving your God-given abilities and your skills. Change is imperative. If you want to enter into anything that God has, change on your part and my part is imperative. Period. Look, when Jesus came preaching, what did he do? He came preaching in Mark chapter 1 verse 15, the Bible says, and he came preaching, and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye and believe the gospel. Mark those two words, repent ye and believe the gospel. In other words, what was Jesus preaching? He was preaching change. Amen? Jesus came preaching and offering the kingdom and the kingdom citizenship. 
He demonstrated that the kingdom is what the kingdom is like and what the kingdom offers. He said, the way into this kingdom, what was he demonstrating? He was demonstrating healing. He was demonstrating abundant supply, peace in the midst of a storm. He was demonstrating all this. He said, you have a right to enter into this. But the way you enter in is through repentance and through faith. So, what is really repent? What does really repent mean? I know if you go into the Greek word and you study that, it says change of mind. But I believe repent in the context of what we are studying is more than, more than just relating to the mind. I believe it's relate, it relates to the heart as well. The heart and the mind. Repentance causes a person to turn away from something that he recognizes is wrong, sinful, unhealthy, and detrimental. The, word, the words I want you to remember is this. Repentance causes a person to turn away. Turn away. Turn away. That's a, a very important aspect that you should understand. Repentance involves turning away from something that is that you recognize is wrong, sinful, unhealthy, and detrimental. And then he says, believe. That means you have to turn away from something and turn towards something. Okay? God is saying, or the Lord is saying, turn away from this, but turn towards something. Turning towards is believing something that you recognize as good, right, healthy, and helpful. Remember, believe is an action word. It is not just mental agreement. Now, you have to understand, repent is not resent, nor is it just remorse. Let me explain to you. <clears throat> A drunkard comes home at night, and he's swooning, he's out of control, and he faces his wife, and then for whatever reason, he says, I'm extremely sorry, baby. I'll never do it again. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And he is literally crying tears. And the wife is moved with emotion. Says, all right, that's okay. I understand. I agree. Next day at 6 p.m., where is he found? Back in the bar. Do you get what I'm saying? That is not repent. He has not turned away and turned towards something. He has, he has just felt sorry but he has, kept, he has gone back to what he said he would not go back. That is remorse and resentment. But repentance is more than just saying, Oh, I know it's bad. I know it's hurtful. But I can't help it. I, I just got to go back. It's like a doctor. You go to see him. And he's examining your chest. He says, you know, you got this problem or whatever he tells you. And, he says, and while he's examining, he's smoking. He's got a cigarette there. He says, you know, this can kill you, but he's still smoking. He knows what it does, but he's not able to turn away from it. He knows it's hurtful, harmful, detrimental, but he's not turning away from it. He might say, I'm sorry, I don't really want to do it, but he goes back to it. You see, in real repentance, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why you probably cannot do it in your own sin. But when you come to God and ask, Lord, I know this is wrong. 
and I submit and I repent of it. I'm turning away, but I need strength, Lord, to turn away from it and turn towards something. Believe in the what? The gospel. The gospel is the message of the kingdom. The, ki the message of the kingdom is power to destroy the works of the devil. To be in authority and rulership over everything that has controlled your life and suppressed you and oppressed you all along. That's the message of the kingdom. So he says, repent of it, turn away from it, and turn towards. Now, repentance to me is this. It's a change in heart and mind that is evident in action. There has to be proof. It produces fruit resulting in evidence to the change. See, there are too many Christians today who call themselves Christians, but you can't tell the difference between him and a sinner in the way they live life. So, there is no true repentance without change. There is no true repentance without change. Why is this important? Why am I talking about this? Because if you want something to change for the better in this year of 2021, and you want to see increase manifest in your life, then you need to do something about changing what you have been doing so far. I'm not saying you may be sinning. Maybe it's not sin, but maybe it's laziness. Hello? Maybe it's slackness. Maybe it, is, maybe it is wasting time. Or maybe it's where you just spend all your time, you know, you're not, you've not been doing anything to invest in your personal growth. So there has to be a definite change in that area. Now look at this. In Luke, sorry, the same, um, okay. Luke chapter 3 verse 7 through 8. This is John the Baptist. <coughs> Then he said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruit worthy of repentance. Show me the change. That's what he's saying. Show me the change. Don't just keep saying, I'm born again, I'm born again, I'm born again, and continue to live like the people in the world. Don't do, you know, there has to be some difference between people of God and people of the world. You have to stand out for whatever reasons, you know. And it says, bring forth the fruit, therefore fruit worthy of repentance. And, and the New Living Translation says, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins. Where is the proof of your repentance? For example, you might say, Pastor, I've been very negligent about reading my Bible. And, uh, you know, so from this day, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to read this, 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 and I'm going to make it a habit to do it. Show me the fruit. It will show up because what happens is when you become consistent in doing that, something is bound to happen which will show up in your life where people will see the fruit of it. Don't forget this statement that I made the other day. I said, your success depends on your what? Anybody? On your daily routine. Your daily routine will bring about the change. So I would advise every one of you to take a piece of paper or in your diary on the first day of January, the third day of January, write down a few things that will become your routine for life. 
those are the things you will do before you go to sleep every day whether it is 9 at night or 12 at night but you got to complete all that make it a habit when you consistently do something for over a period of time it becomes a part of you and that positions you for the blessing or for that fruit to show up for example somebody wants to enter into the Olympics um, for whatever game you know the very first day they make up the decision like let's say for example they want to go into sprinting running okay what happens there has to be a definite change the desire has now got to change to action come on you all desire to increase I am trying to encourage you to bring about the change that will cause increase to show up in your life what will you do to see increase manifest where you are not boasting about your increase but others are talking about increase your increase like the Bible says Potiphar saw something upon Joseph that he said this man is a reason for my prosperity people have to recognize that there is something different about your life and this will happen if you begin to put some change in your actions change the way you've been living so far today must be the first day where you will sit down and write down start with three or four different things that you will do on a consistent basis now it will not be easy your flesh will not like it no you know talk to any sprinter who's running who's who's trying to uh, train for a hundred meter dash or even for a marathon when you're still sleeping in bed they're running on the street they're practicing is it convenient is it comfortable no but they have something in mind I have to position myself to win and positioning yourself is going to place a lot of demand on you and if you don't comply with the demands sorry I, I ran out of time I didn't see that if I don't comply with the demands I can never position myself it will only be wishful thinking there are too many people in the body of Christ that live in the arena of wishful thinking and the word is not manifesting and they're wondering why the word is not manifesting because they think the entire responsibility is God's no you have to do something before God can do something for you he said if you don't leave that place called the year of Chaldees I'm not gonna bless you but when he did that God became obligated hallelujah when I position myself God becomes obligated to bless me say amen, amen. hallelujah so he says so what is John the Baptist saying to all these Pharisees and Sadducees and all these people you know religious leaders coming to him he says hey who told you about what's gonna happen you know what do you say uh, uh, Oh, generation of vipers. Wow, what a way to address people, you know. All these learned guys who are bishops and um, you know, highly positioned church leaders. They say, you vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? There's a wrath that's coming. He says, bring forth fruit. Show me the, show me the fruit of your repentance. He says, in this part, in the New Living Translation, he says, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins. I'm not necessarily talking about sins this morning because I believe there are so many of us are born again here and I'm not necessarily saying go back and visit all your sins. No, 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 no. As we walk with the Lord, you know what happens? The light of the Holy Spirit shines in our hearts and there are things that He exposes in our walk with God that as He exposes them, we get rid of them. 
people don't go to hell because of the sins they committed. Strange statement, but listen carefully. People go to hell because they rejected the provision of God for your salvation. You denied Christ and rejected Christ. That is the sin, okay, that causes people go to, to go to hell because all have sinned. So there is no holy person. But the only way out of that is Christ Jesus. Amen? Now, once I come to Christ Jesus, He declares me to be righteous. I have a right standing with God. But as I walk with the Lord, there will be areas, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm in the process of being perfected. It will continue all my life. But in my walk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit God will expose things that are not acceptable to God, that are not, not right with me, and He will deal with those areas, and He will cause us to get rid of them. How many understand what I'm saying? So, I have to start working on my life. So when I'm talking about turning to prove your repentance, I'm not just talking about sins, I'm talking about other areas that have kept you back from moving into the fullness of what God has for you. Can you, can you cut down the amount of time you spend on television? Can you? And turn away from that and turn towards either studying the Bible or it could be employed in developing your skill or it could be doing a course online or reading a particular book that is going to help you to become better in a particular area. Can you cut off those hours, couple of hours from watching television? Can you stop watching the reality shows and get into your real life? Can you bring this change about in you? If that change takes place, what happens is you now begin to position yourself where God can begin to show increase in your life. Come on now. And I want to encourage you to do that. So as we partake of the elements this morning, ask the Lord to give you the strength. Come on. Give you the ability. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, the Number one, you know, everyone has different areas that you can think of. Maybe it's television or maybe it is something else, you know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not crazy about, let me tell you one of my problems. Uh, you know, don't go around telling everybody. I know I'm on, I'm on live stream, but I'm just telling you. I have a little bit of a problem. I, I, a problem, not really a problem, but you know, don't go around, tell, go, don't go around telling pastors a problem. Uh, you know, like some people have the television problem, I, I somehow get drawn towards news. I, I love to read a lot of news about what's happening in the world and keep myself abreast. But I think I go overboard sometimes. And I, I, I've really been asking the Lord to help me to cut it out. You know, I'm not joking. I'm telling you that. See, so that I can use that time for something more constructive. I'm not asking you to turn off the television and sleep. That's not a real change. Okay. I'm asking if you were watching a particular program, usually how long are they? 30 minutes? 30 minutes, 28 to 30 minutes. I know that because our broadcasts are for that long, not because I watch them. To be very honest, I don't watch any shows, very, very rarely if I do, and I'm not saying that to just um, get your accolade or, you know, pat on my back or something, you know. No, no, no. I'm just telling you, I'm not interested. But what, it's not just not being interested, okay? 
if you're cutting that out, he said, turn away. Repentance is not complete now. Turn away, but turn towards. So if I'm cutting that hour away from watching the famous reality show whose names you never knew, but now you're getting to know, and they're not related to you, they're wasting your time. While you're wasting your time, they're making money. Don't forget that. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They're making the money because they're making you and I fools. They, you think you're getting entertained. Yeah. But they're getting rich at your expense. So stop doing that and building them, making them rich. Make yourself rich. By employing that time to build yourself. I'm encouraging every young person, everybody, whatever your age is, get on to an online course. Do something. Study a book. Not just read. Reading is excellent. I, I was, I'm, I'm sorry I'm going over time, but I have enough time because we have half an hour gap between services, so it's okay. <clears throat> Listen, I was reading yesterday, and I, I heard or read, I don't remember, but anyway, let me tell you. How many know John Maxwell? Right. John Maxwell, it seems, when he was a kid, his father, there were three siblings, okay? John Maxwell, his brother, and his sister. His father would give them money to read a book. Whenever they read, read a book and completed it, they, he, gave them a, he gave them some money. So what was he doing? He was encouraging them to utilize the time to build them. By the time his brother was 27 years old, he was a millionaire. His sister, before she was 30 or just around 30, she already owned and was running a hospital. And this man, John Maxwell, by the time he was around 30, had, a, had the 10th largest non-profit organization in the country. Readers become leaders. But wait, I have to qualify that. Not readers who read for entertainment. Not readers of, give me some famous magazine names, which, Vogue, right? New clothes, new shoes, new purse, new sh Okay, there is time for that. But then, if you spend all your time reading about movie stars, getting to know their life story, who they first loved, and this guy is the fifth person or the tenth person, you get into an argument with your friend, you say, no, I know it's the sixth guy she married. What are you getting out of that? Huh? They're making you fools. Stop that. Change. The word is not an increase. For this year, let the word be change as well. Change is what will cause increase. So I want every one of you, young man who is studying in college and those that are employed and retired people, I'm talking to you as well. God came to a retired man, 75 years old. He said, I'm going to change everything for you. Change is on its way. If you will make up your mind to change and let's partake of the communion today because when they partook of the communion, change took place. They moved out of slavery into freedom. This is the day that shall mark you from moving out of slavery, out of wasteful uh, spending of time, energy, and investing unne into unnecessary things, into things that are helpful and productive. Amen.